0: Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon, three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become Fundamentally Drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Today we're going to talk about the faith of God, or, or God is faithful, and, um, We're coming at this uh, from a from the the new perspective of Paul, which we've kind of touched on somewhere in the past. (laughs) Um, And so but uh, Tom's going to kind of give us an explanation of where we're headed with this. So, Tom, take it away.
1: Okay, so here's the history of this discussion. (laughs) Um, We'll just go pretty far back. So it doesn't take a student of history, a very astute student of history to know that there's been tension between Jews and Christians since the beginning of Christianity. For maybe the first hundred years of the life of the Christian church, it was hard to distinguish between Christians and Jews. And uh, early Christians were considered to be a sect of Judaism. Over time, especially after after the destruction of the temple, as um, the Jewish people spread um, all over the known world, uh, the identity of the two groups became more and more separate. And we all know, we've all heard stories of, say, the Inquisition of Roman Catholic persecution of Jewish people. And uh, we've all, I hope, heard of World War II and what happened in Germany with uh, what the Jewish people call the Shoah or the Holocaust and the death of six million Jews in Nazi extermination camps. So the, the question is, why has this happened? Um, how did you have the majority of German, the German people who... Considered themselves to be Christian, the majority, and now I'm not saying the Nazi movement. This is not the subject of the episode. We're not debating the Nazis, okay? Uh, we're against Nazis, right? We're against <laughs> Nazis. Boo! One hundred percent on fundamentally drained. But <laughs>
0: that's a hard they, that's a hard line, there, buddy.
1: Yeah. So uh, Nazis are bad, yeah. but so the point is. There definitely was neo-paganism and Nazism and all kinds of stuff going on there. But you did have the German people who did not stand up and fight for the Jewish people. That is beyond historical question. There are some wonderful examples of people who did, but there are not a ton of them. That's why those examples are so noteworthy. So... The here's the big question: Is there a tie-in between what Christians have taught and believed and that terrible event? And I think that there is, Uh, and I think it um, stems from a misunderstanding of what Paul was saying. Uh, This is so. If you think of that, the uh, Lutheran. Uh, the Reformation started in Germany, right? That's what people tend to say. I don't know if that's true, but that's what people tend to say. With Luther nailing his uh, 90, what is it, 99 thesis? Like, 95. 95 thesis on the wall <laughs> of the Wittenberg Cathedral. 95
2: thesis on the wall,
1: take one down, pass it around, 94 thesis on the wall. And uh, <laughs> so Lutheran, really key in Lutheran theology is that the Old Law, especially in the beginning, was that the Old Law, the Old Testament, all of that stuff was done away with. Um, It's a ministry of death. It's, uh, to quote one line from Paul that's probably not greatly translated, it's a... uh, So if you start, if you talk for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years about what is so bad about the Jewish law, It's not a big leap to start talking about what's bad about the people who believe it and follow it. Mm -hmm. Um, They started calling them Christ killers, for example. So, and whether you agree with the historical premise I've laid out or not, I don't think you can disagree with the fact that we have a lot to do to repair our relationship with the Jewish people. Well, Luther... And, for example, the church I grew up in, point, trace their theology to the Apostle Paul, who was himself Jewish, who went to the synagogue on Sunday, or on Saturday, by his own admission, who kept the Jewish law, kept the vows, followed the the law, even after becoming a Christian, at least for a time. I, I I mean it's debatable, but so since the 70s and a little before, there's been a lot of work done on reevaluating what Paul wrote. Have we understood Paul? It's called the New Perspective on Paul, and uh, N.T. Wright wrote a famous, a pretty well-known book recently called The Faithfulness of God, and that's why this episode's entitled this. Has everyone gone to sleep at this point, guys? <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> but this might be the most important issue to resolve in Christian theology. Ooh. Uh, if you can tie what happened to the Jewish people to a bad reading of Paul, I don't think you can argue that this needs to be fixed. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: well, I, I, I know we're not debating... Nazism, um, I will say that there's a long history of Jewish anti-Semitism that predates Luther. Um, This is true. St. John Chrysostom, um, who is considered one of the greatest preachers um, the church has ever had, um, was notable in his anti-Semitism prior to the reformation there were um there were lots of examples of um christians using like the good friday um a, a, as an excuse to commit acts of, of, of violence and persecution against jews so i think i think it's a i think it's a little unfair to place um you know all of nazism on on um on Luther, as L- Luther, um, one one of the one of the things that you find, I mean, so so German academics is the highlight of of theology, theological thought, and they had come to a point in which they essentially erased Jesus's Jewishness, mm-hmm. and and I think that's probably a, a much bigger Issue, um, in terms of of how theology impacted Nazism, was that that Jesus essentially ceased to be Jewish. Who did this? Uh,
0: Who did you say did this? Not I know. That um, it, th-
2: th- this is this is like German. This is like okay. German academics in the late okay. late eighteen hundreds. All right. Yeah. Right, um, right. And so so, the, so so sort of the leading academic thought, um, you know, Jesus's Jewishness became sort of an interesting. Side note, but wasn't Absolutely. really, you know, wasn't really critical. Yeah, um, I would say, and this is, and, and 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 you know, this is where you know, like, like, right. I mean, one of the things he, he you know, because he's he's writing, you know, he, he he's growing and learning um, at a time when you know, essentially, in response to that. I mean, I'm not saying like directly in response, but I mean, that was sort of like a main wave you know, thought and write is, is you know, writing a- after that. And, and one of the things that, that he really pushes is, is the centrality of the fact that Jesus was Jewish and what does it mean right. for Jesus to be a Jewish Messiah? How did Judaism understand that? Um, yeah.
0: So is it okay if I say that fundamentally drain podcast recognizes Jesus's Jewishness also. <laughs> Are we all good with that? Can we stand on that one too? Yes. <laughs> there's no white Jesus. And sadly, that's the inner the interesting thing is that, you know, and I don't want to go down this road too far uh, because I feel like I'm going to take away from Tom's purpose here. Um, but I feel like there's so many things stacked against us because of, and I'm going to say it, that painting. That painting of Jesus where he looks like a white dude with long golden locks or whatever. (laughs) And it's like, I mean, we in the West here. We're, you know, our art and our uh, shapes us. And so seeing those pictures on grandma's wall or something like that, you know, has shaped us into thinking because we didn't ask questions Uh, like, you know, oh, wait, was Jesus a Jew? You know, those things didn't come up. And right. so I had no idea until I was in my 20s, I don't think, <laughs> until someone goes, But Jesus was Jewish. <clears throat> Wait,
1: what? <laughs> so a you... member of our parish painted a picture of Jesus with children uh, for our new godly play classroom in our new building. And she's a professional painter, she's in lots of national especially Southwest Art magazine mm-hmm. and uh, she said she said she had a dream about this and so she felt uh, compelled to do this, but she painted a Jewish guy. He has a Jewish prayer shawl. He's got dark skin, nice. curly hair nice. um, and it's right there for it's beautiful and for our kids to see every Sunday that's great and the kids around him are are different nationalities but uh I asked her how much would you charge for this painting if you were selling it the number was really high <laughs> so I'm so glad to have it um yeah here's the other thing we need to say about this can I say it another this will be like a huge tangent
0: I've got questions oh so, okay. so um because I do and so you decide which one you want to do I got my questions here so
1: okay questions are fine okay it's probably too big of a tangent
0: well keep the keep it in mind don't lose it write it down or something so i want to know where um because i understand that I, i i i'm sure that the we're talking about the epistles as a whole tend to lean towards this uh perspective of you know um uh I just lost my perspective. Sorry, that the Jews are bad. Okay, that that let's just say that, that way. That's the perspective people take away from Paul. Um, so is it all the epistles, or are we talking about something specific? Are there specific verses and lines that stand out in your mind, Tom, or others, or that N.T. Wright kind of focused on that we're talking about here, that people took away and went, oh, you know, they're bad. They killed Jesus. We need to...
1: Well, can I read to you the one that I grew up with? No. That I heard all the time?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: um, Alright, so, here is Colossians 2. So Sounds like a boot. Um, <laughs> here, here's Colossians 2, we'll start, I guess, 13. And when you were dead in trespasses, and the uncircumcision of your flesh... God made you alive together with him, meaning Christ, when he forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands, he set this aside, nailing it to the cross. So that's one example. But so the interpretation, and it's not clear in this passage, but the interpretation is, if he's writing to a bunch of Gentile Christians, let's say, in Colossians, and he or a church that includes Gentiles, and he's saying, um, which I think he is, and he's saying, erasing the record that stood against us with his legal demands, the interpretation was that's talking about the law of Moses that didn't allow Gentiles into the temple or into you know, the life of the church, Mm, mm -hmm. and so they said the old law was nailed to the cross, which is the next line, so I grew up hearing, and this is where most of the theology I grew up with came from, everything that happens before Matthew, essentially, even though all the Gospels are written in a Jewish environment, um, which no one ever asked that question, (laughs) but Everything that happened, which, I mean, I guess you would say the answer is, well, the cross is at the end of the Gospels, but all that stuff is nailed to the cross. It's all that matters from the perspective of what do we do, how do we learn right from wrong, all of that stuff is from the cross forward. So all of the Ten Commandments, all of, all of that stuff is just stories to help us know where we came from, but none of it is binding on us. None of it do we have to follow, which most evangelicals uh, don't agree with that. But that's a fringe belief that I grew up with. But I think what Paul is talking about there was specifically when you went to the temple, there was a sign that said, you know, if you're not circumcised male, do not pass this point.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And you would literally be cut down uh, with a sword if you tried. So if, if the, um, and we're about to start hearing Hebrews in our uh, lectionary for a long time, but if you were, if your relationship with God depends on the presence of God in the temple and you're not Jewish, you can't get past that, uh, that, that sign, you know, at the temple gate. So that's an example of one of the verses.
0: Um, so it's a jealousy. <laughs> it's like what I'm hearing. It's a jealousy thing. Um, well, what do you mean? Well, I'm I'm saying is is because now now I'm now I'm thinking of this letter um, from you know um, that perspective of like you know. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm misunderstanding it a little bit. Where you're saying they can't pass this place because they are not, you know, Jewish, circumcised, whatever it may right. be, and they're jealous. Right there's like a different. It's like well, oh,
2: so, so so you find what what I would say is that there's a sense in which you find in in the Old Testament difference in law as a way of setting aside people. The Jewish people for a particular mission, which right. is that, yeah, they, that they're set aside. Absolutely. And there's a sense in which Paul says, hey, we don't have to be set aside anymore mm. because Jesus has reconciled all of humanity and okay. now that there is no neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave or free. right. And, and, and when Paul says that, I mean, those are literally the distinctions in the temple. Um and and so all of those you know so there were certain parts you could go in there was other parts you couldn't go in depending upon who you were right. and this is what Tom was just talking about right and 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 there's a sense in which um, Paul is saying all of those distinctions no longer matter because God reside that the you know you know the temple was the place where God resided among the people and and and. You know, in in a sense, um, Jesus replaces the temple. Right. Um That's yeah, that's good effort. Thank you for sharing particularly, that. Particularly particularly after, you know, and this is you know, as Tom mentioned, I mean that you know, this all you know, a lot of this is brought to head with the destruction of the temple, mm-hmm. um, particularly in the gospels. Um it, well, it, just Go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say it's interesting because the way that we have talked about this here is the people who would be upset with this would be the Jews <laughs> because they're the ones that Paul's like, it doesn't matter anymore. You know? And it's like, wait a second, you know, um, because they have held to this um, for so long. And this, you know, this idea, this old, this, uh, this, their law, I don't need to say old law for, for uh, Jews or not, but, um and so it's, and, and yet, the people who got mad were the people who were um, or got mad at Jews, I guess, were not them. It's an interesting twist. So, sorry. Go ahead, Tom.
1: So, and the other thing is is that it's just not true. All right. Um, if you look at um, if you look at the New Testament and you read what Paul was doing, not Paul not what we think he was saying, because we're reading it through the lens of what we've heard so often or been told so often he meant. But just what he what like Acts tells us Paul was doing, or what Acts tells us Peter was doing. Um, the Jewish apostles and leaders of the church continue to be Jewish. Right. They're, they're still doing Jewish stuff. Right, and so the I grew up with they're still going idea to
2: the synagogue they're still gathering on the synagogue on Saturday they're, they're right. still going to the temple
1: taking Nazarite vows yeah. uh, and so I grew up with the idea that no this the, you know the day Jesus walked out of the tomb this all was nailed to the cross uh, he, all the old law was done away with it's just but then we ignore what we're reading that they're doing you know what I mean?
0: Mm. Uh,
1: and we really could put make 10 episodes about this subject because penal substitutionary atonement, which we've done a whole episode about, hinges on uh, this new perspective, whether or not Paul was writing against the Jew- Jewish beliefs. Because it's all rooted in a misunderstanding of what Jewish temple sacrifice was all about. Um, the uh, Prior to this new perspective on Paul, this was the tangent I was going to go on earlier. <laughs> uh, there's this whole world of Protestant theologians, also from Germany, the Tubian school, uh, and they have this whole uh, Bauer, F.C. Bauer, I think his name was F.C. Bauer. It's been so long since I read all this stuff. But Bauer was a, uh, I wish I had a memory like Everett. But (laughs) there was this whole theory of of the early church and the development of the text that we still have not rejected all of it that said uh, Peter was the Catholic tradition, Mm. what became the Catholic tradition, Paul was the tradition, this less uh, formalized, structured tradition. That and uh, and from that theory is where we dated a lot of our New Testament books, and we're still leaning on those dates. But I'm just saying, we we a big a big theme of our podcast of what we've called people we're we're mainly speaking to people who have burned out, lost their faith because they've been taught a bunch of crap, basically. (laughs)
0: Um, I'm sorry, that wasn't clear. Can you rephrase
1: that? (laughs) And they're and they associate all this garbage they were taught and the way of life that they were shown with God and Jesus. And what if uh, God never thought that way or wanted that, and Jesus also never did. And uh, um, it was really a bunch of theologians who were misunderstanding Jesus, and uh, you get the point I'm trying to make. Or right? not theologians,
0: yeah, or not, <laughs> right? We're or, we're or not theologians, you know? Yeah. I mean, but yeah, absolutely. That that's good. The, the nice nice job in um, restating our mission here.
2: <laughs> Don't believe in crap. <laughs> believe in crap. We're, we're gonna t-shirt.
0: motto that sucker up.
2: <laughs> Don't believe you in. Know, crap. And, and, and you know, part of this is is that you know Luther is writing at a time in which there's lots of abuses in the church. Um, it's the pendulum, and so in so, in so, right, and so in some ways, it's it's sort of understandable. Yes why he would read back into you know a certain reading of you know law you know, long, you know the, the law has been has been done away with um you know because he's sitting there and he's seeing he's he's he is seeing the church abuse um the the access to god and 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 you know and this is where i really appreciate luther right is that, you know, come in. Mm-hmm. Luther's like, hey, you know, this is this is all about, you know, grace and there's nothing that we can do. And of course, you know, Luther's dealing with his own stuff where he's always wondering whether he's saved and he's haunted by his sins. And, and you know, it's like Luther's <laughs> preaching to himself, like, no, don't worry. You know, God's grace is is indisputable. Um, but but. You know, Rowan Williams talks about this, and and he says, you know, the the, the, the problem is is um, it's not some it's not so much Luther's reading that the problem is, is that we have universalized Luther's reading of a particular time, dealing around particular issues. Um, and and so it, you know, Luther's reading may have been helpful at those moments, but then to universalize, well, this is what Paul really meant. Well, now we suddenly uncovered the. You know, the first new perspective on Paul. Um you, you know, so that's the that's sort of Rowan Williams' critique of sort of a lot of these Reformation era arguments is is that Paul is not writing about what the Reformation is arguing about. Like hmm. Paul's writing on different things if that makes any sense whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it and you know, and you know, it has to do a lot with the way that we respond um, to things. Um, we overcorrect, right? Just like I threw out the pendulum, and it just seems like the same kind of thing because it's um, something that popped in my mind when you were saying this. And this this comes out on social media in different places, and it says something to the effect of like, if re- if your religion makes uh, uh, wants you to hate someone, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you know i mean i know that's a social media thing and, and it it can probably you know induce guilt and shame and stuff like that but it's got a pretty good underlying thought if your religion is is pointing making someone the bad guy which by the way is a thought i want to uh, tease out in a pod in an episode upcoming then there's something wrong with it because what happens is as we swing the pendulum so far look at our political uh, realm in the U.S. is we are overcorrecting so far every time that it's like um, we're just at odds, and it's, it feels like that. It's like Luther, as you said, Everett, is doing did a good thing to correct something that was um, corrupt, wrong, whatever it was, um, you know, and and uh, but then it got swung so far the other way that it villainized. Um, you know, a people group, and so on, and so that—that's something that I feel like we need to be aware of when in not only um, this is my opinion, obviously, and, and but in my own in our own lives, but in the lives of groups and communities and, and organizations that we are with, is making sure we don't overcorrect so that we in turn uh, villainize someone. Um, I think there's a lot to that in this perspective that we're speaking about is reading this, and it's like, you know, um, that person bad. you know, we go caveman on it. <laughs> so. well,
1: Everett, are you saying that Paul wasn't thinking about us and our arguments when he wrote the New Testament?
2: Paul's writing on his own arguments that at oh my God.
1: What a revelation. <clears throat> i'm not saying that nt Wright has this figured out there's a lot of writers um who write about the new perspective on paul nt Wright's just one voice mm. and and his probably the best his is the most accessible i think to uh most people to start if you want to dive into it and read about it and figure it out that's a good place to start Mm. Um, if you read the book, you're going to think this is not accessible at all because <laughs> he, he's kind of hard to read. That's
0: what I that. would think and say.
1: Um, but uh, I'm not saying he's got the issue all figured out. He's definitely... Um, and,
2: and, and I think one... So I think what Wright, what Wright would say is that there's a sense in which the Old Testament... Was, was an incomplete story, and and that it was always pointing to um, one of his books, the climax of the covenant. Like like it, it was always pointing to another time, and so Judaism Christianity is is continuitous with one another. Whereas I think that um, particularly in the evangelical Protestant world there has been this temptation to see it as this distinct break right and it's like okay God did this thing mm-hmm. and the only reason God did this thing was so that we could get to this thing where now God's doing something new which is you know which is which is Jesus and 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 Wright would say that there it's it's the continuation of one one story
1: that's um, why the title God is faithful
2: mm-hmm <laughs> And there's this, there's this there's this, really kind of, um, you know, I'd have to go back and look at it on YouTube, but there's like this really kind of almost nasty argument between Wright and some, you know, academics Tom. at
1: Duke over right. this, you know, over nasty. this issue. John Piper <laughs> is really mad at uh, N.T. Wright, too.
2: Yeah. Oh, he's Piper?
1: Accusing, really? He's accusing N.T. Wright of... Preaching a different gospel. Nice. Says, uh, That's got to be David fun. Bentley Hart. David Bentley. So, uh. They, they get in a rider
2: and some squabble about something. Nice.
1: So, um. So here's a, here's a good way to. Here's a good example, maybe, of, of why it would be called God's faithfulness, uh, the faithfulness of God. This was will the be a wrap
0: up for me, Tom. Was, Thanks.
1: Sure. Was the world saved through, um, the cross of Christ or through God's covenant with the Jewish people? If you see that Christ is the Messiah of the Jewish people, he's come to fulfill the law, everything that he did was um, in keeping with the law, then you can say the world is safe through God's covenant with the Jewish people, Right? Because that's where Christ comes from. So faithful, God's made this promise to Abraham, through your seed all the nations of the world will be blessed. So God is faithful to that promise. Um, that's not something anyone who, you know, claims to be taking the Bible seriously at all should disagree with. Um <laughs> so you're really liking my statements today aren't you just
0: <laughs> you're throwing it down dude <laughs> well yeah but I but I know where they come from so I know it's I know you <laughs> so I it's good it's great I just love it okay so um so ever did you want to wrap offer anything to wrap up here
2: yeah okay I'll wrap up so uh, the way the way in which we read Paul has um, considerable impact on how we understand the mission of the church, mm-hmm. um, how we understand our relationship um, with um, Judaism, other religions, um, and so it's something that's that's actually quite. In, I think, in 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 the end, um, the the question that Paul. Um, is asking at least for right is, is it Christ's faith in us that saves us mm. or is it our faith in Christ that saves us? And for, for right, it's far, choice. far too long, um, Protestant evangelical, um, thought has focused too much on our faith in Christ as the deciding thing rather than the trust and faithfulness that God has placed in us. Um, so, boom.
0: Yeah. What were you gonna say, Tom?
1: That that's a great way to end it. There you go. That is awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks for explaining all that, Tom. That's good. <laughs> it's crap. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. This
2: might have been one of our longer episodes.
0: There were <laughs> hopefully you're still listening, um but it's uh, good stuff. And there's lots of information out there to dig into. NT Wright and others. So. But I uh, hope you learned something from this or gathered something new to uh, take on and carry on with. So thank you for listening. and May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at fun grain pot. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.